And welcome to Speaking the Truth with your host, Anthony Brown. Episode 11 of Speaking the Truth is brought to you by Anyone Can Travel. Do you like to travel but feel at times it may become a bit pricey? You may have a desire to travel, however, it's not in your budget. Let us show you how you can save on future travel expenses. Or maybe just need to make a few extra dollars so that you can plan that dream trip. If you give us the opportunity to display some options that can help you achieve some of your financial needs, we would love to assist you. Please contact David Weefall at 832-577-1735 or email at anyonecontravel at gmail.com. That's any, the number one, can travel at gmail.com. So the opening song was uh, sung by Rosetta Thorpe. Uh, I'm going to um, highlight Rosetta Thorpe. Uh, This is March, uh, which is Women's History Month. Mm -hmm. And I wanted to start off Women's History Month by uh, highlighting the legendary Rosetta Thorpe. She is considered... The godmother of rock and roll music. And of course, she has a a gospel background. What makes uh, Rosetta Thorpe unique as a musician is uh, her ability to uh, play a mean electric guitar. She's influenced a lot of artists like Elvis Presley, Tina Turner, with her style of singing, and Chuck Berry, just to name a few. So she is known as Sister Rosetta Thorpe, is uh, considered the, the guitar playing, gospel singing black woman who had her first hit with Elvis, the so called King of Rock, was still in diapers. Let's uh, talk a little about uh, the godmother of rock and roll, how she paved the way. Sister Rosetta Thorpe was born in 1915 in Arkansas. A, a child prodigy, she played various instruments at her church and during travels with her mother, who was a church singer, musician, and a preacher. She was tall, very attractive, and had a stunning voice. Uh, Rosetta found her way in secular music in 1938 when she released multiple hits, My Man and I, The Lonesome Road, and That's All were all the hits. Although her guitar style influenced countless later rockers, Rosetta did not get the fame and recognition that she deserved. Little Richard, Tina Turner, Duke Ellington, Cab Calloway, all adapted elements of Rosetta music. Even though she died in 1973, Rosetta's remarkable guitar playing style, powerful voice, and electrifying musical genius took music into unprecedented territory, setting the stage for rock and roll and R&B to thrive. She could play a guitar like nobody else. Nobody. Thank you. 
Rosetta was a hugely important figure. Let's party! She was really unique as a guitar player. She had a big influence on somebody like Chuck Berry, who was one of the most influential guitar players in the world. She did incredible picking. That's what really attracted Elvis was uh, her picking. And he liked her singing too, but he liked that picking first <laughs> uh, because it was so different. So impact on artists like Elvis Presley. When you see Elvis Presley singing um, early songs in his career, I think if you imagine that he is channeling Rosetta Tharp, it's not an image that I think we're used to thinking about when we think about rock and roll history. We don't think about the black woman behind the young white man. All the kids who grew up in the 40s and 50s knew of her as a superstar. And so I think it's very fair to say that there's a bit of her snuck up in all of rock and roll. So Rosetta Thorpe, a rock and roll legend. To find more about Rosetta Thorpe, you can find a lot of documentaries on her on YouTube. Uh, this documentary is one of them that was uh, produced in 2011. Uh, it's on Blues Carpartito uh, site, and then also um, there's a lot of. Let's look her up on, online. Uh, someone that we have not heard much about that ha- has a big influence on music that we hear today. Rosetta Thorpe, a rock and roll legend. So on uh, yesterday, I was went to the grocery store, something I usually do on payday, and picked up some groceries. And when I got home, uh, I received a phone call from a friend of mine, and they were asking what I was doing, and I was told them I was putting up groceries. And my friend said, "Oh, you would make groceries." And then what? That did was maybe think about my father and uh, who's uh, has been going down for going on four years, and I started to laugh because the words that make groceries and it sounds very country, and the words that uh, we say the way we say things in a vernacular we say things and things that sound country. So one thing that uh, I did was uh, I posted on Facebook. I posed a question and it stated, uh, why do we say I'm going to make groceries in lieu of buying groceries? And I'm glad I did that because from that, it I was educated because I learned where that root comes from. And then a lot of times when we think certain statements are, are uh country or things that in my culture, the African-American culture, uh, we wonder, we don't know what certain things come from, certain slangs come from. One thing, so one thing I was educated on was the term of making groceries. Uh, Making groceries refers to the act of buying groceries rather than that of manufacturing them. The confusion originates from the direct translation of American French phrases 
fare e pesere, which is understood by speakers to mean to do the grocery shopping. But the direct, of course, the direct translation of that is to make. Making grocery. I remember just hearing that growing up. You know, certain people would say, I gotta go make grocery. And it just kind of caught on. Making groceries comes from faire de marché. I think it has something to do with the translation of French to English. Um, in the French translation, they would say, I think, make grocery. I could be very incorrect here. Making groceries is just going to the grocery store and, and shopping. It's getting dinner. Va faire de marché. Go and make your groceries en français. I'm not getting this. Like, however you would say to get groceries in French, in English would translate directly as to make groceries. So it's just a literal translation into English. Something like that, yeah. That, that's got to be what it is. I remember having a conversation with my grandfather. That's a lot of, uh, you know, idiosyncratic uh, terms came about. I think it's so funny that here in New Orleans, we say these things that are totally grammatically incorrect, but it's just lived on through so many years, and we even teach our kids to say them incorrectly. So what were we talking about again? <laughs> so by this being a uh, French influence, I wonder, well, how did this get to Texas? Uh, Texas is part of the South, of course. But one thing to realize, if you look at the Industrial Revolution, there are many people who moved from southern Louisiana and settled in Texas because they came from where the jobs were. Southern Louisiana was known for having um, agriculture. And then as a result of the Industrial Revolution, many other jobs, industry moved to Texas. So people, of course, moved from the French Louisiana to uh, to Texas, and that's how a lot of the things that we say, or that we really think this country, which really does sound country, is influenced by a culture, a French culture. And then once, not, once I think about it, uh, Texas has a uh, very, but south, Southeast Texas in particular has a very French influence. We eat gumbo. We uh, we listen to Zydeco music. Uh, there's a lot of meals I like that that are, are, are Creole in nature. Uh, there are a lot of more African American Catholics in, um, in in Southeast Texas rather than the other parts of the state. So we have a very unique mixed Creole French with a little Texan culture. It's it's a very unique area to be in if you haven't been to the Houston area. So uh, if you haven't experienced Houston, it's a very rich culture, very diverse culture, very mesh culture. So I encourage you to visit if you haven't. So the uh, what you just heard came from uh, Nola Speaks, and you can find that on YouTube, and I don't own the rights to that. So it's New Orleans. It talks about New Orleans culture and New Orleans ex- culture explained. Along with that, speaking on vernacular and culture, it had me thinking also about a little video that's gone viral that a lot of people have begun to speak on um, on Facebook or emails or things of that nature. And it makes you laugh and thinking about, particularly in my culture, why we say one thing 
and it means something totally different. So someone came up with this Muppet, uh, this Muppet video, which is which makes fun uh, at, at I guess African American vernacular, uh, how one thing is said it means another. But it's funny; it's a parody. Of course, we don't. Well, people that I know really don't talk like this. But I just want to play a clip of this because it's so hilarious. It's so funny. It's called Word, word of the Day. Use the word adult in a sentence. My mama was so mad one time she threw a frying pan at me. Adult. Adult. Um... Use the word bishop in a sentence. Oh, I got this one. Last night, me and Keisha went to the club, and she fell down, so I picked the bishop. Let me tell y'all, I know my vocabulary. Use the word plead in a sentence. Jesus is coming back. Best believe that. Plead. Use the word cologne in a sentence. When my man say, you think you could loan me some money? I'm like, boy, don't get gone. Ain't got time. Clown. Use the word decide in a sentence. I know my boyfriend be saying he love me, but I know he got some chicks on the side. Decide. Use the word disappointment in a sentence. I ain't been to the dentist in a minute. My tooth hurt. I'm already late. I can't miss disappointment. Use the word horse in a sentence. My man is hung like a horse. No, 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 too much. Use the word honor in a sentence. I came home one night and I saw my man with some hoe. He was all up on her. I done knocked him out and I threw that hoe out the door. No way you can get this one wrong. Use the word juicy in a sentence. My mama always would say, if juicy the cops, run. Try this one again. Use the word namaste in a sentence. He want Keisha wanted me to go to the club tonight. I'm like, girl, namaste in tonight. I got to catch up on scandal. Do do I need to repeat the word? Namaste. Shine around be killing me with these cliffhangers. What gonna happen next? Lord, give me strength. Use the word Obama in a sentence. I can easily eat this whole bag of Oreos right here all by myself. Oh, wait, you met the president. Oh, my bad. Hey, Barack, what's up, Michelle? Hey. Use the word omelet in a sentence. I should punch you for what you just said, but I'm letting go this time. Omelet. Use the word wretched in a sentence. Keisha, I can see the glue on the tracks of your weave. You look ratchet. Girl, bye. Ever buy a weave from the Dollar Tree? Use the word jury in a sentence. For my birthday, my boyfriend bought me new jury. Use the word window in a sentence. I got this Metro PCS phone bill. I gotta pay it, but I don't know window. Window. Thanks for watching Fluffy Friends. That was so so funny. You have to actually see the characters and see their expressions and 
it's it's just hilarious. It's just hilarious. But we all know someone who says things a little different. It butchers the human like the, the not the human language, the English language. And uh, we all know someone that's country, especially in the South. I don't know how it is in other parts of the country. So uh, I just thought that was just something hilarious and something I wanted to, I guess, laugh about and to celebrate and be uh, celebrate our culture and where things come from. So I just w- kind of wanted to, to, to express that. So I have a, another email a question uh, about, uh, I guess, relationship-oriented and anger manager oriented I want to share uh, the email. goes dear goes reads, Dear Anthony, I'm in a relationship where my girlfriend gets under my skin and touches my buttons and sometimes I lose it and hit her. I don't want to hit her. And I love her very much and want to stay in this relationship. What are some things what are what are some things that I can do to to control myself and stay in this relationship and not allow her to make me enraged? Sincerely, help me. Okay, so help me. When it comes to men in particular who have an issue with the anger, a lot of times it comes from things that happened in their childhood. And a lot of times they witnessed, it's almost classical, they witnessed abuse in their household. They witnessed men controlling their wives by being violent. And they witnessed their mom not being the protector. Or they may have been abused themselves and the mom not protecting them. And a lot of times these households turned single-parent households. So what ended up happening, and I think I covered this once before, as, a, as an adult, the young man reverts back to what he remembers in terms of how to deal with things violently. And it's like the little boy inside of him is trying to protect himself. The only way he knows how is to be violent. Doing anger management classes, there's a story or there's an analogy that's told where you look at all of your feelings as passengers on a bus. And you are your main id or the main part of your brain that that's, controls everything is the driver. And on this bus, the passengers are all of your feelings, anger, resentment, happiness, vulnerability, sadness, confusion, all of the feelings that you can possibly think of are passengers on this bus. So when you're on a planned route, which most buses are on a planned route, you don't allow 
the pass your passengers to take control of the bus. You drive the bus, and if the passengers come unruly, you may have to pull over and, and get them together. But you drive the bus and take on and stay on that route. If you allow the passengers your feelings to take over the bus and drive the bus, you're going to go down a route that was unplanned. Like, if you allow your emotions to take control of yourself, you could not be able to control your 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 anger and end up being incarcerated, where you're forced to be on probation, where you for we're going to have a record that could hurt you for the rest of your life, lose your job, have a hard time filing new jobs because of this criminal history, and be forced to be on probation, possibly prison time, and going to anger management classes, court order anger management classes, which are which are very strict. You can't even be late to those classes. But a lot of times that's the catalyst for change. So what you have to do is to know that you don't always have to be in control of situations because it definitely comes from control issues. That little boy inside of you will be safe. You don't have to not being in control of every little thing it will be okay now at the same time and I'm not condoning violence it's never ever excuse for violence but at the same time people who are in relationships with people with men or women sometimes or that matter that have violent tendencies are women who grew up witnessing violence in their own household and they are codependent or they are persons where the confusion is their norm. They push buttons so the violence can happen because that's their norm. So when everything's peaceful, then it seems unnormal. If you find yourself in that particular type of relationship and you can't get help and control yourself, in fact, that's both parties. We need individual counseling and we need couples counseling. But if you find yourself in that that situation, that's a time bomb waiting to tick. Get out of that situation until you, at least temporarily, until you can find a new way of of getting help and controlling anger. What happens because of anger management? It's a loss of life, loss of income. You can really lose your life by not being able to control yourself. So that's it's very important to tr- control anger. There are many good counselors around that can help you control your anger, con- manage your feelings. And knowing and, and knowing that it's okay not to be in control of situations because not being in control of a situation, things will still work out. So, so anger management. Have an issue with controlling your anger, get help. So this is the beginning of March and for the week in many states, especially in my state, 
is the end of early voting. If you're displeased with what's going on in this country in terms of politically, this is our time to shine. This is our time to make changes. This is our time to elect new powers locally and in Congress. The general election is Tuesday. I believe it's the 4th. And if you are not happy with the way things are, this is your chance to make a change. This is your chance to flip seats in the Senate and in the Congress. This is your chance to flip seats in the courtrooms, in various judicial races, which affects us, local things affects us quicker than the national things. Of course, national things affects us. When it affects us, it affects us really, really big. But if you did, this is our time to take control and to make some changes. There has to be a balance of power. The way things are going on now, with one party being controlled over really three branches of the government by having a conservative on a conservative majority on the Supreme Court by the one party being over the both House and Senate and by I don't know what's happening in the executive branch, whatever that is, this is our chance for it to be more of a balance of power so that you will have laws that are passed that make sense. You will have projects that that not just help out the rich but things that are for the middle class and lower class community so that all of Americans will have the chance to have life, liberty, pursuit of happiness because this government is not just for the rich but the way things look is just benefit the rich so I just want to encourage everyone to please Go out to vote. Encourage someone to go out to vote. If you know someone who can't get out to the polls, take them. This is our time to make a change. And we need to come out and record numbers like it's a general election, like it's a presidential election. I was told in my county, I live in one of the largest counties in the United States, but I was told in, in my county, which is Harris County, that people haven't come out in record numbers. So I really hope that reflects how it is statewide and, and in also other states. Let's get the vote out. Let's do it. So I this is episode 11 of Speaking the Truth, and I'm in this for the long haul. I really enjoy this. It's a way for me to really get my voice out and get things out uh, that are factual. With the, uh, I started the name Speaking the Truth because uh, with hearing this new word that everyone's talking about, fake news, I decided, well, I have something to say and I'm going to speak the truth. So that's where I got the name from. But I know I'm a novice at this podcast. I think I'm getting better and better about getting things uh out there, but there's a lot of work that goes to creating podcasts. One thing that uh, that's out there is that's what has to do and doing a podcast is editing. I'm a little lazy with my editing. Uh, I wish that my hopes is to get someone that can 
had the time to really edit for me. One thing I, I have to work on is saying uh, all the time it gets on my nerves. So one thing, I don't have the time to go out and edit all of them. It would be good if I had the time and edit those. I would like to get better equipment. So one thing I thought about, and the other podcasters are doing, and I thought about where I have start, took the steps to do so, maybe a few days after this airs, it will be available. I decided to get a Patreon account. And Patreon is a way to have subscribers. So how it works is that you go online to Patreon, P-A-T-R-E-A-O-N.com, and put slash speaking the truth. But you go and find me on Patreon, and you subscribe. And you subscribe at least at a dollar a month. And, or if more if you want. But So the funds will go back into the programming of speaking the truth where I can get better get an editor, get very better mics, and things of that nature. So you can increase my listenership. It will you have better programming. There will be more things you can enjoy, and you won't miss a dollar a month. So this is public programming. This could be your program in terms of topics or things you want to hear. Email me at speakingthetruth.ab at gmail.com. Some of my topics have come from subscribers. Some of the emails that, that I read comes. The emails that I read comes from you, the people that are listening, and some people who locally who were in need of finding a counselor, a therapist that they can trust and enjoy have come found me through speaking the truth. Uh, I have a private practice, a social life coaching and counseling. So to find out more about that, you can go online and pull up a social life coaching counseling dot com and look at what I offer. Uh, I also have a profile on Psychology Today. You can look for me, Anthony Brown, on that. And if you're interested in setting up an appointment uh, or just asking questions about counseling, you can contact. My office number is 281-545-5003. And I guess this is a good time for me to say my slogan. If you're feeling blue and don't know what to do, call Anthony Brown and he will help you. That's my slogan. I got to think that's, that's catchy. So if you listen to this program on iTunes, please give leave a comment, like, subscribe, Leave a comment, and that makes the more comments and likes I have, that bring, makes my program more visible so more people can find me. Also on Google Play, you can find me on Google Play, iTunes, Spotify, TuneIn, iHeartRadio, Radio Public, and just about anywhere, Stitcher, and just about any way, any place you can find a podcast, you can find, pretty much find Speaking the Truth. I have worked very hard to get this program on various platforms. And until next time, until the next topic, I look forward to sharing with you my thoughts, ideas, and better programming. You've been listening to Speaking the Truth with your host, Anthony Brown. Thank you.
to read.